How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's James Sabrain. I'm ready for week one, gentlemen. Are you guys? That's Travis Beard. I am. Hey, guys. What's green and sits crying in the corner? The incredible sulk. I am uh-huh. John. <laughs> it's too early for that. <laughs> I am John. <laughs> Intervenious double shot. Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show, recording a full hour before the sun comes up because we are just that committed to bringing you the most up-to-date analysis possible. Time is of the essence because football is back! here and we're already working the waiver wire to get you ready for week one and beyond plus a check-in on the listener vampire league but first your unsurprising headline of the week with travis a beard all right unsurprising headline of the week the broncos will reportedly list rookie running back royce freeman atop the depth chart sunday the most unsurprising part of that is that you chose that headline <laughs> yep yep no guys it's unsurprising because he's clearly the best running back on that team and he's he was going to be the starter all along it's just silly it was of course he was named this poor poor bronco fans are going to be disappointed yet again in their running game (laughs) Uh, Uh, this was clearly going to happen yeah that it was a matter of time i didn't understand how booker made it to the top of the depth chart you know prior to the beginning of the week this week but yeah strictly semantics he was the incumbent yeah you don't want to hand a rookie the job you have to quote unquote make him earn it right and that's pretty easy to do i just hope he doesn't get case keenum killed like just just like i don't know (laughs) block like put your hands up stand in front of someone just try try royce try (laughs) (laughs) yes please please do all right, let's get to let's get right into this, guys. Before we start talking about some ads and and uh, drops, buys and sells, let's talk a little bit about this listener league because we started a vampire listener league, a dynasty league, um, super flex. It's full PPR, and it's actually half point 
per carry. Um, so yeah, running backs, <laughs> running backs are uh, ultra inflated in this league. And there's there's also a tight end premium. And then by the way, there's two super flex spots and eight regular flex spots. So no designated starting spots in this league. We've got three divisions of twelve teams per division, and uh, each one of us has our own division where we are the vampire. So we didn't get to draft. We got to sit back and watch the eleven, the other eleven teams in our respective divisions draft from their own uh, universe of players, and then we got everything that was left. The leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> so, the scraps. So our teams are a little gross, <laughs> but we're going to go over those. <laughs> but first, let's uh, let's break down one another's divisions individually, and we'll start with you, Travis. So I'm going to look at James's division here, and I feel like first of all we got to talk about how crazy the the draft was with these running backs. I mean, it was it was legitimately scary to watch this draft and see people taking Buck Allen above like a wide receiver too. It it was pretty nuts. Um, so, but for James's division, I ordered them in order of highest projected week one point total to lowest. So. I'm just going to go through these teams real quick. We got Team Peyton, um, who is projected for the most points in week one, and that's with Darius Geis and Hunter Henry on IR. He made a big in-draft trade, managed to grab David Johnson and Saquon Barkley. So he's got solid running backs, but he's got pretty horrible wide receivers. Um, He should have a good year one, but long-term, we'll see. Next is the great pumpkin, Jason Wyatt. He didn't draft a single quarterback. The whole time. He doesn't have a quarterback on his roster, and he's still projected for the second highest score in week one. So super interesting strategy. We'll see how that works out. He went heavy tight end and heavy running back. Uh, The Shield is Scott Connor's team. He didn't draft the tight end, so he got no quarterbacks and no tight ends. I think no tight ends is probably more common since you don't actually have to start any. Um, But there is a pretty hefty premium. Um, Scott also made an in-draft trade. He managed to get Zeke Elliott and Todd Gurley. So a couple of these guys really wanted, you know, two of those top running backs. And he got him. He waited on wide receiver as well. Team Goslin uh, is Clint. And Clint is one of the few teams that zigged when others were zagging. So super interested to see how the guys like Clint's teams end up going this year with how they embrace the wide receivers and quarterbacks while they watched all the running backs flying off the board all around them. Uh, drop top coop is next. It's Henry's team and he's got a solid quarterback group. He's got Kirk cousins, big Ben, Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor, pretty balanced team overall. He's got a few good running backs, but still has a few good wide receivers too. The next team is zero cool. It's Nathaniel's team. He was another one who didn't succumb to the, the running back fever. Um, whether that was the correct strategy is yet to be determined, but he's got good wide receivers as well as Gronk and Deshaun Watson. Next team is how Bella got her groove back. And that's my vote for a favorite team name in this division. <laughs> it's pretty strong. <laughs> and his avatar is Bella from, uh, what, what's the movie? Uh, Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. Wait I'm not going to pretend I haven't seen it. No, I've, I've seen the movie. <laughs> I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> I have not um, seen any of those movies, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're Same. one of those guys. You yeah, guys are those yeah. guys. You claim you've never seen Twilight because it's so lame. <laughs> Whatever. You've seen them. 
And we've all seen him. He got super excited when he came out. <laughs> James was at the midnight premiere. Dressed like Edward. I've seen, yeah, I've seen pictures. The hair slicked Anyways, back and everything. We're going to have to talk about a trade. <laughs> I need those back. <laughs> How Bella got her group back. I love that team name. Um, so Peter has a super balanced team all around. He's got great quarterback room with Wentz, Breeze, and Ryan. He's got solid running backs with Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Sony Michelle, Alex Collins, and he's got a lot of nice late round wide receivers too. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Will Fuller, Golden Tate. I like that team a lot. Next one is the Holy Neckbeard, and that was in the running for favorite team name as well, uh, for obvious reasons. That's Lou's team. Um, he was another one to not go too crazy with running backs. He got Christian McCaffrey, but the rest of them were late round guys. He went heavy at quarterback, the heaviest in the division. He's got six quarterbacks. He's got Luck, Carr, Winston, and some other flyer guys. And he's got really awesome receivers. Next team is Here Vampy Vampy. It's pretty good, too. Uh, that's Travis Laver's team. Young upside quarterbacks. He's got Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, Trubisky. He only drafted four running backs. Joe Mixon's the headliner there. He's got young upside at wide receiver, and he went heavy tight end with three solid young options as well. So it looks like Travis was building for the long haul. He's got a nice-looking you know, young dynasty team. Uh, and then very last in... Projected points is James out of the people who have a lineup submitted and we'll talk about our teams in a second And we've got two teams that haven't submitted a lineup yet. We got team Helfert. It's Bob's team And he's another one that embraced the falling value at wide receiver. He only drafted four running backs. He's got four net um, at, at running back, but that's the only one considered an NFL starter the other three are two of them aren't even on a team anymore after the cut deadline this weekend but he has awesome wide receivers, and he's got a solid QB group of Goff, Stafford, and Keenum, and lots of upside at tight end as well. And then last and not least, maybe not least, we don't know. He doesn't have a lineup. He's got uh, – we've got the Frog Brothers. It's Ben B's team. Uh, his his QB position is pretty covered with some year one options as well as young upside options to fill in as the years pass. And he's got a pretty balanced team as well with a few good running backs and receivers. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Jordan Howard, Kerryon Johnson, Lamar Miller. And then he's got T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, Cortland Sutton. So that's it. So basically what you're saying is, is I should win this division year one. <laughs> good that, luck. That's, maybe maybe year four, I think. Okay, year four. All right, all right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there then. <laughs> All right, so I went over your division, John, and uh, I had some pretty solid takeaways. So uh, first off, I'm going to start with Team Roy, uh, or as they would pronounce it in Canada, Team Wah. But uh, <laughs> team, team Roy uh, started out three quarterbacks, very interesting, Drew Brees, uh, Carson Wentz, and Mitchell Trubisky. It'll be interesting to see if Trubisky can fill in solidly while Wentz misses a few games. Um, this team took 12 wide receivers out of 20 roster spots, so really loaded up on wide receivers. The running backs are built around Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. And at wide receiver, there's a bunch of flyers, but there's some some good talent there, too, with Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Doug Baldwin. Um, this team is definitely uh, did not draft a tight end, so definitely built around those wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see if that strategy works. Next team is Angel. Um, Angel drafted three quarterbacks, eight running backs. Um, they really waited on running back and loaded up on young guys and PPR guys. 
guys like Giovanni Bernard, CJ Procise, Theo Riddick are the PPR guys, and some of the young guys, Nick Chubb, Royce Freeman, and Chris Warren are all rostered. This team is loaded at wide receiver, did not draft a tight end, but at wide receiver, guys like Mike Evans, Will Fuller, Keenan Allen, uh, Allen Robinson, and Chris Hogan are going to be leading the way here. So it'll be interesting to see how that strategy works out. The next team is Garlic Bread. Garlic Bread drafted 12 running backs, so really out of 20 roster spots. Actually, this team only had 19 roster spots. 12 of them are running backs, so really built around running backs. The highlights of this uh, this position for them is Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and unfortunately Darius Geis was one of the guys that they had. Um, but they did back him up with Chris Thompson, so they're going to be okay, I think, at running back. Um, no tight ends again for this group either. Uh, only four wide receivers, but three of them are really good. Tyree Kill, Elshon Jeffrey, and Demarius Thomas. This is going to be an interesting team. It'll it'll be uh, interested to see if that running back heavy squad can uh, can and kind of take the reins there in this division and how that works out. Uh, next team is Left Coast Pirates by Andrew Left Coast. And this, he, he really had a balanced approach. He took four quarterbacks, um, loaded up on some young options, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, uh, Andy Dalton being his one, one option that you can count on week in and week out. Um, and Mahomes, you probably could too this year. Um, but really some young options there. Um, only drafted uh, uh, young, young quarterbacks, really. Um, and uh, and really drafted a balanced roster. Only drafted two tight ends, but Trey Burton and George Kittle were the two that he drafted, so those two might be startable. And really the rest of the roster is highlighted by guys like Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Gordon, Cooper Cup. Um, there's some high upside guys in there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how a balanced approach works with everybody else kind of leaning one way or the other in this draft. Um, the next team is Count Duckua. And they drafted five quarterbacks, the only team to draft as many quarterbacks. Those uh, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eli Manning, and Matt Ryan definitely loaded at that position. If there's somebody who needs a quarterback, I think they're going to come calling to Count Duckua uh, because he is loaded at that uh, that position there. Only drafted two running backs, which is way different than a lot of the strategies that we've seen at this point. One of them, unfortunately, Deontay Foreman is on his IR, and the other is Derek Henry. Um, this team loaded at wide receiver, really zigged when everyone else was zagging. Antonio Brown, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas um, highlight that group, and uh, there's and, and Odell Beckham Jr. So really loaded at the wide receiver group while everyone else was dra- uh, gobbling up the running backs and uh, loading up on quarterbacks. I think he was taking wide receivers. Also four tight ends on this team. A lot of teams didn't take any. He took four, um, highlighted with Mike Gusecki, O.J. Howard, David Njoku, and Delaney Walker. Actually five technically because Hunter Henry's on his IR as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this strategy works out considering it's it's pretty different than some of the, most of the other ones. Um, Team Mozzie is the next one, and Team Mozzie uh, drafted four quarterbacks, um, Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Tyrod Taylor, and Teddy Bridgewater. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of works out for them. Uh, The running backs uh, drafted six, highlighted by Ezekiel Elliott. Um, The wide receivers uh, drafted only five, but A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton are there. Also two rookies in that group. Four tight ends, uh, so another one who loaded up on tight ends. Three of the four are startable right away, though. Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, and Evan Ingram. Um, so really building around that tight end premium. And Dallas Goddard is the other tight end. So really be interesting to see if loading up around the tight ends is going to be a uh, strategy that works for Team Mozzie. 
Um, the next team that we have is uh, Batasu Ballers, and they took four quarterbacks, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, and Alex Smith, a very solid group there. Uh, the running backs are really interesting. Uh, he ended up drafting seven running backs. Three of them are New England Patriots with James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkhead all on his squad, really based around Le'Veon Bell, though. Le'Veon Bell's going to be the bell cow there. Receiver, he only drafted five receivers. One of them is Dez Bryant, who doesn't have a team. Um, the other guys are uh, going to be some high upside plays, but it looks like he waited at the right receiver position. Again, drafted four tight ends, loaded at tight end. Zach Ertz, Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, and Jordan Howard. I think all four of those are startable until Jordan Howard gets hurt. Um, but that playing that PPR, um, or I'm sorry, playing that tight end premium uh, is really going to be what Monzi is building his team around, I think. And I think that'll be a solid strategy for him. The next team we have is Barnabas Collins. Drafted three quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Rosen. Uh, I think he's pretty set there. Um, at that position, at least. Uh, running backs, he wanted up on running backs. He ended up taking uh, nine of them, um, really highlighted by Kareem Hunt, Carlos Hyde, um, and uh, there's some other depth guys there, Carrion Johnson, Jeremy Hill, um, Alfred Morris, guys like that. Wide receiver is an interesting position for him. Um, he ended up drafting six wide, uh, seven rather, wide receivers, um, really built around Devontae Adams, Corey Davis, and uh, Sterling Shepard. One tight end, and that's Cameron Braid. So it'll be interesting with a kind of a balanced approach here too. See how that works. Regulators did not have a balanced approach. Ended up taking four quarterbacks, uh, Dak Prescott, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, and Josh Allen. Um, but running backs loaded up on running backs. He ended up taking 12 running backs out of 20 rostered spots. Uh, and those running backs are highlighted by Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon. Um, unfortunately, Jarek McKinnon was one of the running backs that he rostered, and he is on his IR. Um, only three receivers, Josh Doxson, Jordy Nelson, and Emmanuel Sanders, and one tight end being Charles Clay. Really built around the running backs, hoping that that uh, uh, half point per carry um, ends up ends up uh, carrying him. Uh, the next team is Spencer Werewolves, and that wins my uh, award for best team name. Um, I really like the uh, the Spencer Werewolves. The, the play on the name there is is, uh, is funny. So um, looking at his team, only one quarterback drafted, and that's Ryan Tannehill. So definitely an interesting strategy there, one that we have seen or at least heard of in my division when Travis went over that, and there was a team that didn't draft any quarterbacks. This team, again, loaded up on running backs. They took 12 running backs out of 20 roster spots. Uh, highlighted by guys like uh, Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard, David Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson. Um, there's some aging guys in there, so this is going to be a win-now team, in my opinion. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that strategy plays out. Uh, wide receiver, there was five of them. Jarvis Landry and Larry Fitzgerald had that group, and only one tight end of Jack Doyle. Uh, the Feroz Vampire Killers is next. Three quarterbacks, Blake Bortles, Chad Kelly, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, the running back group. Um, again, uh, pretty solid running back group. Only drafted six, really built around Todd Gurley. Um, the wide receivers is where this team is uh, kind of built around. Um, took a lot of uh, a lot of good wide receivers. Amari Cooper, uh, Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones highlight that group. Three tight ends drafted: Eric Ebron, Tyler Eifert, and Kyle Rudolph. So um, definitely a kind of a, a balanced approach here for the Fearless Vampire Killers too. Um, and the last team we have is John's team, and uh, we'll let John go over his team there. So uh, an interesting division, John. We'll see what, uh, what you were able to come away with uh, from the scraps that your division left you. Nice. Yeah, we'll get to that one in just a minute. I'm going to go over Travis's division for him real quick, though. So first of all, Ryan Hurley's team, Vampire Blues, just loaded at running back. I don't know how. I, I, I believe he made a couple trades to get back into the first round twice. Because he's got Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, and Alvin Kamara on a team that's uh, that's stocked with running backs. Wide receiver one is Jamison Crowder. 
Um, so it just kind of shows you where the priority was. Um, Marcus Mariota and Dak Prescott are going to man the super flex positions and Zach Ertz at tight end. Uh, the next team, Van Helsing, which was in the running, but there's a really, really good uh, team name coming up here in a minute. But Andrew Bartleby, um, and it, he also loaded up on running backs. Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, um, but also got some pretty decent wide receivers as well with guys like Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, um, even Keelan Cole for kind of some long-term upside, Adam Thielen. Um, not a whole lot at tight end, which is totally fine. I think that the, that this team is going to be carried by the running backs immediately, and then he's got some long-term value uh, with the wide receivers. So I kind of like that approach personally. Um, Matt Capocha's team, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson at Superflex, that's going to be pretty strong. He still did okay at, at running back too with guys like Jay Ajayi and Devonta Freeman, Carlos Hyde. Kenyon Drake so some definite upside at running back um, and uh, some decent wide receivers at least with guys like Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Josh Gordon um, Robbie Anderson so definitely some risk but uh, some pretty strong talent there uh, here's my winner for for team name though pre IRS Wesley Snipes by Brandon Rojas yeah. And uh, <laughs> four four quarterbacks: Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, Mitchell Trubisky, and then Josh Allen for some long term, uh, for some youth, and uh, also went heavy on running backs. Um, although David Johnson jumps off the page, and there's not a whole lot else that's going to be necessarily, you know, impact players. Marshawn Lynch should give him a good year this year. And then, I mean, I love Aaron Jones, but he's going to have to wait a few weeks on him. Um, Keenan Allen and A.J. Green. And then uh, Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton for some long-term uh, for some long-term value at the wide receiver position. And then Travis, Travis Kelsey takes advantage of that tight end premium. The Vampire Slayers from our resident comedian Anthony, Anthony Isaacs. And uh, he's got Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, and then uh, Sam Darnold um, for some for some youth at the quarterback and super flex position. Um, and uh, this team is actually one of the lighter teams on running backs, uh, which I I personally think that they're that that's going to be okay. You know, I, he's got Le'Veon Bell, he's got uh, Kenneth Dixon and C.J. Anderson who between those two could give him some RB2 numbers this year and uh, keep him in some games. And then he's going to be kind of, he's built more for the long term um, with tight ends like Trey Burton and Gronk and then wide receivers like Stefan Diggs, Anthony Miller, Doug Baldwin. So that's going to be a team that's going to compete more in the long term, um, which is, uh, which I personally have an appreciation for Colton Briscoe, went pretty heavy on quarterback actually with Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, and Case Keenum. And then uh I think that he caught on kind of late to the running backs. And uh in fact him and I got to talk a little bit about that. I don't think that it's that it's nearly as big of a deal as as some people think. So he was able to put together a wide receiver core with Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins. That's a team built for the long term. 
his running backs are going to be a little rough this year with Austin Eckler, uh, you know, and a and a handful of backups, essentially. So, um, but I think that he's uh, he's going to be in a position to draft a bunch of running backs in the rookie draft, and I think that he'll be able to to keep this thing going with those wide receivers. Team Dean at quarterback, he's got Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, and then Tyrod Taylor. So that's that's a pretty good group in Superflex. Um, he uh, he's still loaded up on running backs with Joe Mixon, Sony Michelle, um, Chris Carson, which you know how to <laughs> that that definitely is the way to my heart. And then uh, Jordan Wilkins could be an interesting one this year. Um, and didn't he went pretty young? at wide receiver too so i really like this team he's got uh he's got juju mike thomas those are going to be some instant contributors for him but obviously those guys are still really young and then christian kirk and dante pettis um could could uh and antonio callaway those guys could all contribute for him in the coming years once bitten twice shy is nick choplick's team and uh Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, man, the the two super flex positions for many, many years to come. And then Saquon Barkley, um, Marlon Mack, Rashad Penny. So he went pretty young at running back, too. Nick Chubb is in there, Tevin Coleman. So this could be a long-term running back group, which to me is is kind of a contradictory term, but uh, he could actually have several years here out of his running back group. And then uh, he loaded up on young tight ends as well with Evan Ingram, Mike Jacecki, O.J. Howard, and uh, some some decent young wide receivers, guys like Devin Funchess, Marvin Jones, James Washington. So uh, I, I like the mix of youth on that particular team. And then uh, Jesse Gutierrez, um, not a whole lot going on at, at quarterback just yet. Pat Mahomes is interesting. Um, I really like him for this year and going forward. But Sam Bradford and Teddy, and Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be startable. But Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones, Christian McCaffrey among the the running backs. And then uh, Antonio Brown, Corey Davis, Tyreek Hill um, gives him a really good group of wide receivers. And then Kyle Rudolph at tight end to take advantage of that premium. And Daniel Blades... Alex Smith and Ryan Tannehill, so obviously quarterback wasn't a huge priority, and that's probably fine when you look at this group of running backs. Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry, Jordan Howard, Mark Ingram, Alex Collins, Peyton Barber. That's going to be a tough... Deion Lewis, That's this is mostly running backs on this roster. Um, Julian Edelman, Larry Fitzgerald, and Michael Crabtree are his only wide receivers. Um, with Marquise Lee on IR and then Greg Olson at tight end. So those guys are, he's going to have some options for at the end of his starting lineup, but this is going to be mostly running backs. And I think that he's got a ton of carries there. And then Ryan Polzin, for his team, Abraham Lincoln, that was runner up for me for team name. Uh, Derek Carr, Andrew Luck, and Josh Rosen at quarterback. So that's a pretty strong group in Superflex. And then the running backs, Zeke, Carrion Johnson, Chris Warren, anybody? And then uh, wide receivers, Mike Evans, Will Fuller, uh, Sterling Shepard, 
Um, Jack Doyle, David Njoku, Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end. And he's got a couple guys stashed on IR with Darius Geis and Hunter Henry who are going to keep him as a contender going into next year. That's the Travis division. So let's work backwards from there. Travis, tell us about your the team that you ended up with um, when the dust settled. All right. So when it was finally my turn. Oh, wait. Did we mention, John, that we got one pick in the draft? Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we did so, get one pick since it's super flex just to make sure that we had a reasonable quarterback on every vampire team. Yeah, so we each got to take the 12th quarterback off the board. So as soon as QB 11 went in the draft, we got to jump in and take one player, and it had to be a quarterback. And so I got Jimmy Garoppolo that way. And so when it was finally my turn to build the rest of my team from the waiver wire, I actually went through MFL and made a waiver claim on every player that I thought was rosterable. And I ended up with a list of 100 players and then I had to cut that down to 20. So it, it took a long time and it was pretty difficult, but I ended up with Jimmy G, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown and Chad Kelly at quarterback, which is not that great, but I should have at least, I should have two starters at least to start the year. Probably not going to be the, that way the rest of the year. And then running back was obviously, I mean, given how we just talked about how the running backs went off the board in the draft, running back was pretty poor um, with the options available. But I did end up getting Alfred Morris. The draft, my draft ended before the Jarek McKinnon injury. So Alfred Morris was available. I also have Mike Gillisley, CJ Proceis, Bo Scarborough, who I'll probably switch out for somebody else. Wendell Smallwood, who had a good preseason. And Darren Sproles, who I think is extremely undervalued. And I think he's going to get some some receiving work this season for sure. And that's pretty much it. So running back is rough. We also don't get any draft picks in this league ever unless we trade for them or steal them. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a slog to build these teams up. But wide receiver was a little bit better, not not that great still, though. Um, I ended up with Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns, Dante Moncrief, Traquan Smith was like the golden egg that was sitting there waiting for me. Charles Clay. Oh, that's it. That's it for wide receiver. And then I think we, me and you, at least, John, went with a similar strategy of the tight end position was probably the one left with the most talent. And so I actually have five tight ends. Um, since you can play any position in any of the spots. So I have Charles Clay, Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, Nick Vanette, and Benjamin Watson. And then I also drafted Deion Kane, who's on IR. I ran into a, something pretty similar, although my draft ended almost a week after yours. So, um, it, there yeah, that were, was crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's some definite strategy to kind of taking your time and letting that clock run and let the news cycle play out a little bit. So they knew that Alfred Morris not only was on a roster, but, you know, was going to have pretty significant value once Jarek McKinnon went down. So he was not available to me. Um, my running backs were uh, were pretty rough. But um, I got Mike Davis, who right at the moment feels like the backup to Chris Carson. Uh, I got Mike Gillisley, who just signed with the Saints and could be the thumper while Mike while Mark Ingram is out. I also ended up with Sproles. I took Robert Turbin just because that the running back by committee for the Colts is uh, 
is just such a mess right now that I think when Robert Turbin comes back from that four-game suspension, he he might work his way into kind of a workhorse role. Uh, my quarterbacks, I got Matthew Stafford, and then uh, the guys who are available, Nick Foles, um, you know, gives me a week, maybe two, before Carson Wentz comes back. Ryan Fitzpatrick, while Jameis Winston is is suspended, and then Kyle Laletta, kind of for a long-term guy. The wide receivers were really pretty decent, uh, highlighted by Richard Matthews and Cole Beasley for me. Um, and then I took a chance on uh, both Cordero Patterson and Philip Dorsett, um, since uh, right at the moment the, the Patriots' wide receiver core is uh, pretty decimated. And then, yeah, like you said, the tight ends. You know, Jared Cook, Ricky Seals-Jones, Nick Vanette, and Ben Watson. And then I also got Hayden Hurst, who I can IR for the first few weeks. So the wide, the tight ends, that could be a long-term proposition for most of them, not really Ben Watson. But that was kind of where all the value was. So that's uh, that's the route that I took. So let's hear about yours, James. Yeah, it was a solid team, John. You, you actually uh, you, you built a solid squad there. I, my team, I took a little bit of a different approach. Um, at quarterback, I ended up taking four. Um, the the one uh, draft pick that I was able to make, uh, the twelfth quarterback, I ended up taking Dak Prescott. Really interesting note at that point, there was a lot of uh, older options there, guys that you would probably take. Um, tr- uh, traditionally, I would take over a guy like Dak Prescott, but in this format needing a younger guy, I ended up taking Dak Prescott over guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, guys that I don't know are going to be around more than a year or two. And uh, with this format, I think that's interesting to note that I think uh, that the teams did a really good job of knowing, hey, I can probably wait on a guy like Brady and Brees and, um, you know, that vampire team's not going to take the that guy. So um, definitely interesting. But I ended up with Dak Prescott, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chad Kelly, and Mason Rudolph. Um I don't feel great about the quarterbacks, but at least having two starting options come week one with Fitzpatrick and Prescott gives me some hope. Uh, Running back was really brutal. Um, I ended up with Wayne Gallman, Chris Ivory, Rob Kelly, Boston Scott, Darren Sproles, and Jonathan Stewart. Um, Really, a lot of these guys outside of injury or suspension, guys like Stewart and Gallman are going to be, I mean, have very little value if not for an injury. Um, Chris Ivory is a guy who has very little value outside of an injury or suspension of McCoy. Um, Rob Kelly, I don't really even know where he is on the pecking pecking chart there. Um, Boston Scott's a guy who might be relevant for a few weeks until Mark Ingram comes back after four. And um, Darren Sproles is a guy, I, I feel the same way, Travis, a guy who I think is underrated. He's going to get some some play in the uh, the passing game for sure. Um, but I don't feel good about those running backs. Receiver, I, I really felt good about the receivers I got. I ended up with Geronimo Allison, who I think is a huge sleeper this year. I want a part of that Green Bay offense, and he's at worst the wide receiver three there. Uh, Danny Amendola, who I'm really high on in the PPR. Um, if there's a guy that's going to fill the Jarvis Landry role in Miami, it seems like Danny Amendola is the guy that fits that bill. Um, Kiki Kuti, who if he could get healthy, I think is is the starting uh, going to be a slot wide receiver in Houston. Uh, Philip Dorsett, which I mean, there's there's not many people in New England that that can catch the ball right now. So um, I think he has some value. Matt Collins is another guy that I took, and I'm 
Um, kind of happy that I ended up with him. Elshon Jeffrey, you know, going to be missing at least the first couple games. If Matt Collins can get healthy, I think he has an extended role early in the season. Uh, Richie James is a guy that I took um, that has some upside waiter. And uh, Jermaine Curse, uh, someone on the Jets, has to catch the ball. So if he can get healthy, he might be the guy. And at tight end, I took three tight ends. I was happy with the tight ends that were there, though. I got Tyler Eifert, Austin Safarian, Jenkins, and Nick Vanette. Um, Tyler Eifert, I, I think we all know if he stays healthy, he could be a top option at the position. Um, Austin Safarian, Jenkins playing in Jacksonville, I really like that um, that change of scenery for him. I think he'll be used more. And Nick Vanette, kind of a flyer guy. Um, Russell Wilson has a bunch of targets that um, he has to replace on that offense, and they didn't really bring anyone in to do that. So I think Nick Vanette can be a big part of that offense. But – all in all, I don't I don't feel great about my vampire team, but I don't think any of us vampire uh, vampire owners feel great about our squad at this point. So um, definitely going to be an interesting season, guys. What are your guys' uh, last thoughts on this? Yeah, obviously not super stoked about the roster, but <laughs> there there was more left than I thought there was going to be. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think there's some decent pieces that have some upside and some decent pieces that have just weekly startability. Which going into this, I didn't. I didn't think we were going to have anybody to start in our lineup. So ended up being a little bit better than I thought. And I can't wait to take one of these dudes players. It's going to be so sweet. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the yeah. first guy, the first guy to lose to a vampire is going to get so much crap, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I kind of drafted for week one a little bit. I mean, Nick Foles was by far the best quarterback available when it was my turn to build my roster. But uh, there was definitely that thought in my mind. Nick Foles might only be relevant for a week, but that's all it takes. And right, maybe, yeah. maybe I can get a running back that can help me build on that momentum and uh, who knows, maybe even win a few games here in the first year. But I'm not planning on it. Yeah, realistically, none of us are going to win any games this season, most likely. <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't. But dude, if, you come, if, we we, shouldn't. if any of us comes out of the gate in week one and wins, oh. Yeah, I think you just win the league. I I think the league just ends right then. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our Superflex standard operating procedures. That's Superflex SOPs. I'm just gonna call it that from now on because we're gonna do this every week of the fantasy season. So um, I make it uh, make it comfortable for me to say it. And let's start with some ads and drops. And uh, Travis, you kind of set the guidelines here. We're looking for players who are owned in 33% or less of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. And uh, there aren't really any quarterbacks in Superflex. So um, we're not going to have a whole lot of those uh, just yet. We might later on. But for the moment, we're going to focus on the other three major positions in Fantasy. So uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Travis. All right, we each went through and selected two waiver wire pickups at each position, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So at running back, I've got Jordan Wilkins and Ty Montgomery. Um, for Wilkins, I'm pretty clearly, I've, I've pretty clearly been on the Marlon Mack train this season, and I've talked about that before. I think when he's healthy, he's at, he'll at least get, he'll at least be given a chance to lead this backfield. And I believe that Marlon Mack is the most talented back on the team. But if Wilkins is somehow still available, which he appears to be in 70% of leagues, he's, he's a must own player at this point, in my opinion, with it looking more and more like Marlon Mack may sit out week one and possibly even longer. And I think he's even immediately in the flex conversation. 
Um, so Wilkins is definitely a target. And then Ty Montgomery is 32% owned. So both of these guys, I got lucky and I got into the dock before you guys did. So I got the, the guys that were the most owned, but, uh, Ty Montgomery's 32% owned. And again, everybody knows that I'm on, I'm, I'm fully on board with Aaron Jones this season, being the best running back here and eventually being the guy we want in this backfield. But with him suspended and Jamal Williams coming off an injury, I mean, the latest reports are that Williams is back practicing. He could be on the field in week one, but Ty Montgomery could be in line for a, a larger workload in week one than he will be for the rest of the season. And we saw last year when he was given those three games to start the year, he, he struggled awesome. on the ground. Yeah, he struggled running the ball on the ground, but he put up fantasy points. He was scoring touchdowns and catching passes, so he could be a, a good week one starter for you. Just make sure you sell him again after this first weekend. <laughs> so, John, what do you got at running back? So I've got Corey Clement. He's only owned for some reason in 5% of uh, of redraft leagues. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been pretty high on Jay Ajayi because I think that you just – you run him into the ground, but we saw the elite talent of Corey Clement and the versatility of Corey Clement um, in the Super Bowl when he caught that long touchdown pass, among other things. So, I think that you've got to get him on the field if you're Doug Peterson, and uh, I think that he's going to be a pretty big part of this offense. And then James Connor is the second guy that I have. Le'Veon Bell still hasn't reported to camp at this point. Um, he, uh, he hasn't been in, he wasn't in training camp. He didn't participate in the preseason and he still hasn't signed his franchise tender. This holdout, we, we thought that the holdout would end by now, but in, even if it does before Sunday, I don't know how much work you can really give Le'Veon Bell. So at the very least, I think James Conner gives you a very good starting option here in week one. And I mean, is it is just kind of a stash because when these guys hold out and they skip camp, they skip all the conditioning, and especially when they spend their time in the strip club instead, that it becomes an injury concern, and uh, there could be there could be a significant workload for James Conner all season, um, depending on uh, how how this drama with Le'Veon Bell plays out. I just want to mm -hmm. add on that real quick. Le'Veon, when this happened last year, the same thing happened last year. Mm -hmm. And he actually signed his tender last season closer to week one than it is now. So he's really? further along in the offseason this year than he got last year with his holdout. I think it's only by like a couple days, but still, it's Tuesday morning. <laughs> We're in week one and he's not he's not signed it. But my point was... Last year, week one, Le'Veon Bell only touched the ball 13 times after that holdout. So I think there's definitely uh, some truth to what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like all those names that you guys just listed for the running back. So I, I hope I don't drop the ball here. Pressure's on. <laughs> um, so the running backs that I, I think are rosterable that are not rostered in the majority of the leagues. So my first running back here I'm going to list is Kenneth Dixon. And I don't know what kind of role he's going to play early in the year, but I know that Baltimore was really high on him, and I still feel like they are. I think a lot of people are expecting Alex Collins to be the bell cow kind of work 
workhorse running back there, and that could be the case. But I think Kenneth Dixit is worth a flyer. I think he's worth owning. He's owned in 0%, it shows, of Yahoo Weeks currently, and I think it should be higher than that. Uh, Alex Collins is... He's a nice running back, but I think Kenneth Dixon's an excellent complement to him. He's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's really a, a, a different type of running back than Alex Collins is. He's a make-you-miss type guy that I think can complement Alex Collins really well. I think he should be rostered in, in, in wings at least. So I would say that Kenneth Dixon is a guy that's high on my list. Also, Mike Gillisley is another guy. He's only owned at 1% of Yahoo Leagues currently, uh, which means he's available in 99% of leagues. And this is a guy who... I understand it. A lot of teams drafted when Mike Gillisley was part of the New England Patriots. That backfield looked to be a mess. You can never trust Bill Belichick in his backs. And Mike Gillisley looked like he was on the outside looking in. Now he signs with New Orleans a one-year deal, and he at least has value the first four weeks after Mark Ingram, uh, while Mark Ingram serves his suspension. And it's also reported that Boston Scott's going to be returning punts and kickoffs. So it seems like he has a role there. I think Mike Gillisley might end up being, uh, you know, at least a short yardage and goal line type back for them. And that could be very valuable for a fantasy team that's looking to vulture some touchdowns. So um, I put Mike Gillisley there um, as well. So those are my running backs, guys. Uh, Travis, why don't you get us started on the wide receivers? All right. So wide receiver, I've got Dante Moncrief, who's only owned in 17% of leagues. And I feel like I've talked about him a lot, especially now with the Marquise Lee injury. He's my favorite receiver in this in this core here, um, which is probably an unpopular opinion. Everyone seems to be on Keelan Cole, but I just think Dante Moncrief has the most upside. It's obviously not a high-volume passing offense, but I think there's a decent chance that he emerges as the wide receiver one on this team for 2018. So for a free player you can get who's only 17% owned, I, I'm rostering him in all my redraft leagues. And then the other one's Des Bryant. Des Bryant is 31% owned right now, and he's still risky. You may have to hold him as a dead asset on your bench for a few weeks before he signs with a team. So if you don't want to do that, I understand. But if I can get a, but if I can get him for free off the waiver wire, there's enough upside there to garner a pickup and stash kind of thing, in my opinion. All right, I'll give you a couple here. Geronimo, Geronimo Allison, who I think is probably going to start on the outside for the Green Bay Packers. Give me any wide receiver in Aaron, in an Aaron Rodgers offense. But somehow Geronimo Allison is only 10% owned right now. I would definitely pick him up and uh, get a piece of that offense. And then Cole Beasley, 9% owned. And I think he's the wide receiver one in Dallas. I really do, and uh, I think that da that Dak Prescott is going to be a lot better than people think this year. He's got to throw to someone, and I don't trust rookie wide receivers in redraft. I just don't. So, uh, yeah, give me Cole Beasley. Um, how about you, James? Give us a couple. Yeah, let me go ahead and go to my wide receiver list here. Um, I got a couple guys who are not uh, owned um, in very many leagues at all. I'm going to start with Matt Collins. He's owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues. I kind of made a case for him already when I was going over my vampire team. I think with Alshon Jeffrey missing the first couple games at least, Matt Collins is going to have a role, especially if he's healthy come Thursday. Uh, and I, I kind of think he will be. The reports are that uh, that he should be practicing, if not today, then tomorrow. And hopefully that's enough for him to get on the field. Um, I think that he, he carves out a role in the first few weeks in uh, that Philadelphia offense. Let's not forget – 
last year when Nick Foles was working with the twos and Carson Wentz was starting, he was working with Matt Collins. So I think that there there could be some chemistry there, and uh, there there could be some some games for Matt Collins early in this season. I think he should be rostered. Philip Dorsett's another guy. Look, New England didn't keep many receivers. They ended up signing a couple guys uh, after the cuts were done in Chris Hansen and uh, Amara Darbo. But they they don't they didn't keep a lot of guys. I mean, they, Julian Edelman's out for the first four weeks. You have Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, and Cordero Patterson, and that's about it. So guys who know this playbook are are very <laughs> there's not a lot of them at the wide receiver position. Philip Dorsett should be owned in more than two percent of Yahoo leagues. Um, he's a guy, a, a boomer bust type guy, and it looked like Tom Brady had a little bit of chemistry with him in the preseason. Uh, I think Philip Dorsett's a guy that should, could definitely help um, some teams right away in a redraft. Um, so Travis, why don't you get us started on tight end? All right. At tight end, I've got Ricky Seals Jones. He's 29% owned right now. And I think he's got a shot. Jermaine Gresham is actually cleared for practice. He he shouldn't start week one, but even if he does, I mean, he's never been much of a pass catching threat. So Ricky Seals Jones had a pretty good off season and he's, it's mainly about opportunity. This guy could be a pretty major factor in this offense with just Larry Fitzgerald and, and Christian Kirk uh, to throw the ball to. So Ricky Seals-Jones and then Vance McDonald uh, for for deeper leagues. But I like Vance McDonald a lot. We've talked about him before. He, If he's healthy, which has always been the question with him, he's a really, really good player. And the reports are that he could – he's questionable for week one, but he could play. But I like him as like a deeper stash type of guy. And then I got to mention my boy, Eric Ebron, one more time. He barely missed the three, the 33% cutoff he's owned in 34% of leagues. But if he's out there, definitely go grab Eric Ebron. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple guys I'd rather have than Eric Ebron to be. He totally should be more <laughs> owned. Eric Ebron should be more owned than Jack Doyle. Nah, oh, no, <laughs> true. we don't have. There's no time for this. This <laughs> I know. That's why I got to get my punches in because I know you guys don't have time to respond. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Antonio Gates is better than Eric Ebron. Yet he's only owned in nine percent of Yahoo fantasy leagues, and he just re-signed with the Chargers. Virgil Green was going to be the the tight end number one but he's not a pass catcher he's a he's a go out and block type of guy hunter henry's out of the way for this season antonio gates knows the offense philip rivers is comfortable with him this and it's not even a rust issue antonio gates just at 39 years old wasn't going to go through training camp and wasn't going to go through the preseason so and it's really hard to blame him but he's all systems go starting here in week one and then Ryan Griffin, Steven Anderson was cut by the Houston Texans. They have nothing left at tight end other than Ryan Griffin. We all believe that Deshaun Watson is going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. Uh, we, you know, we believe in the talent. We believe in the offense. Keep in mind, though, that that offensive line is dreadful. And there's going to be probably a lot of, you know, getting out of the pocket and dumping off to the to the tight end position and to the running backs in the flats. And uh, I think that there could be a lot of targets available for Ryan Griffin. So uh, yeah, it's 0% owned and he's the number one tight end in a very good offense. 
some interesting, interesting tight ends have been listed. So, okay, the two I have um, are owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues. So uh, don't say I didn't go deep enough, listeners, yeah, because I, I, I'm scraping the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the barrel here. So uh, first off, it's Nick Vanette. And to me, Nick Vanette is huge because – I, Seattle doesn't have a lot of options at pass catcher. You got Doug Baldwin, who admittedly is not going to be 100% this year. And, I mean, you did nothing to replace Jimmy Graham. You, they really didn't do anything to replace any of the targets that they lost in the offseason. Nick Vanette could be in for a nice role. I mean, they targeted Jimmy Graham in the tight end position an awful lot in the red zone. If Nick Vanette gets a share of that, I think he could be uh, very valuable and definitely rosterable and startable uh, a lot of weeks. So <clears throat> that's a guy who I would look to own just because – I want a part of Russell Wilson's offense, and he could be a big part of it. Uh, the next guy I'm going to go with, Johnny kind of won me over a little bit here, and that's Jake Butt. Um, I think the starting tight end in Denver has some some value, and I, it looks like it's going to be Jake Butt right now. Uh, the guy who I'm high on, Troy Fumagalli, opens up the season on the IR. Um, so Jake Butt's the guy right now, and he's getting a, an, an opportunity to start there. And I think Case Keenum is going to look to him. Look, Case Keenum looked to to Kyle Rudolph plenty last year. He was he was serviceable. And I think with the guys on the outside, that opens up some of the uh, some of the stuff in the middle for Jake Butt to, to be relevant. He's owning zero percent of Yahoo leagues. It should definitely be higher than that. But this is a guy who I I think could be serviceable very early in the year this year. Um, a guy that uh, a lot of people were high on when he came out last year um, when he came out of Michigan. So. Uh, now that he's healthy, he's a guy that I think should be rostered. And I think at a tight end position, that's pretty weak. If you're waiting on tight end, you're looking for some guys to take a flyer on. He's a guy who I think could have a high upside. So I'm I'm rostering Jake Butt if I can go out and get him. And I uh, I don't love my tight end group. More like Jake Butt, am I right? <laughs> uh, Jeff Hireman is probably the tight end one right at the moment. But Jake Butt is going to rise above eventually in dynasty i love jake butt so with week one yet to even begin at this point it's a little too early for us to start talking talking about players that you need to drop you just drafted them it's a little too soon to talk about that we're also gonna in future weeks we're gonna talk about some guys who you should start buying and selling but again a little too early for that before games have even been played so we're gonna skip ahead to a segment that we call next week this week and these are guys who we believe are going to be high priorities on waivers this time next week. So you can get a, a jump start on that by picking them up now and uh, spending far less of your fab budget on these guys to get them um, before they become those hot commodities. So again, we'll start with you, Travis. Give us a couple a couple of these next week, this week, guys. Cool. Um before I do that real quick, I wanted to mention for the waivers, if for some reason Alfred Morris or Matt Breda are still available in your league, go get those guys now above any of the guys that we talked about. True. I just didn't want that to go unsaid. So yeah. next week, this week, I went with two receivers. Uh, first is Brandon Marshall, which I know John is a huge fan of Brandon Marshall. Uh, <laughs> I just yeah. think that so so he made the team so that's step one that's good um <laughs> we're really lowering the bar here yeah he he hasn't looked good the last couple of years there's no denying that but i think that with jimmy graham leaving yes they have nick vanette but they've got doug baldwin who we've talked about isn't going to be 100 percent all season which doesn't bother me that much but behind him it's jerron brown and Brandon Marshall and 
Tyler Lockett's there too, but yeah. I just think that there's a there's a decent chance that Brandon Marshall has a lot more usage this season than anyone is giving him credit for. He's like five percent owned right now. And I think I think he could be used, especially in the red zone. I th- I think he could be a decent red zone option. And if he comes out in week one and scores a touchdown and has five targets, he's going to be a priority waiver wire pickup. And I think that's within the range of outcomes. So my next one is Quincy and Nunwa. And I've talked about this a little bit too. It just, it still boggles my mind that Robbie Anderson is the only Jets wide receiver that was drafted in redraft leagues. Quincy and Nunwa and Terrell Pryor are both like under 20% owned. And I, I think I got Quincy Anunua everywhere. Quincy Anunua, I think, could come out and have a pretty decent role in this offense. And we don't even know if Robbie Anderson is going to be the number one on that team for sure. He's likely to be, but we don't know that. We don't know how this passing game is going to work out. We don't know how these targets are going to be distributed. And I think there's a good chance that Quincy Anunua has enough volume to be, you know, an every week flex type of guy this season. Nice. Okay. I like at least one of those. I don't hate Brandon Marshall. I this mm-hmm. this this could That's be not worth... what he told me. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's some bad there's some personal stuff there maybe, but yeah, so it, yeah, those are those are fine. So the idea here is that these are guys that you should be able to get for the minimum uh fab bid. Uh if you're if your league allows for a zero uh, for a zero bid. Um, every one of these guys should be free. So for the price of free, I would take a shot on Brandon Marshall. I don't know that, (laughs) but so actually though, I do want to ask because before that you mentioned Matt Breda and, um, Alfred Morris, give us some fab percentages on those guys. What do you think that they would cost? Because right now those guys are high waiver priorities. Honestly, John, in my opinion, I think more people are on the Alfred Morris bandwagon. It, it seems like he's probably the back to own there. So I, I think you have to spend more of your fab on Alfred Morris. I think you're probably spending 40 to 50% on Alfred Morris. I mean, you're getting a guy who looks like he's in line for a starter's role and maybe even a Bell Cow Carey uh, share if you know he proves to be the Alfred Morris of old. So I think you're going to have to spend a good amount on him. Matt Barreta, I'm not sure that you have to spend so much on. Um, I would say he probably costs you maybe 20% of your fab, and I think he still has a role. I don't know that initially it's it's what Alfred Morris is. Uh, is. Um, but, I mean, let's keep in mind, again, Matt Barreta has kind of been there all offseason. He's had more time in this offensive system. He's a little bit more comfortable with the playbook. I think Alfred Morris, you know, probably has has some catching up to do in that regard. I know he's a veteran. He could probably come in there and pick things up a little bit quicker. But uh, at the same time, Matt Braid has been there, and he should know a little bit more of the playbook and know a little bit more of uh, of what's expected of him in that offense. So I think he definitely has a role, and he's worth picking up. I just don't think he's going to cost as much of your fab. So I would say probably 20% gets you Matt Bereda, and I think it's going to be probably 50% um, to, to land Alfred Morris. So you really got to gauge uh, whether or not um, Alfred Morris is worth it to you. Um, but I think 50% is probably where you have to start with him to, to get him in some leagues. Um, but again, I think this is also knowing your league, knowing kind of how people react to the waiver wire. If you've been in the league before and you know kind of how people spend early, you'll know, uh, you know, that, you know, hey, in this league, traditionally, 
you know, early on people will blow their fab. I'm going to have to go 70% on Alfred Morris. Um, that's good to know, too. If you've been in the league for a little bit, you kind of know how people react to things like that. So I would say re- react accordingly, but um, 50%, I think, is the least that you're going to see Alfred Morris go for. Beautiful. Yeah, I think I'm in. I, I buy in on those numbers, too. I will say, though, that Matt Breda is a lot closer in in full PPR leagues. I think he's going to be the passing down guy. Yeah. No, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. All right, James, while we're on you, uh, let's hear your uh, next week, this week, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with uh, – I'm, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel again. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jeff Swaim as my my next week, this week guy. And this is a tight end for Dallas. Right now he's listed as the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And really the, the main thing is is that early on he's got some pretty good matchups. Carolina was uh, – you know, wasn't great against the tight end last year. And then week two, he plays the Giants. And we know how awful the Giants were at covering the tight end last year. They had like, what was it, a streak of like 11 or 12 straight weeks where they went up a touchdown to a tight end. I mean, it was insane last year. So I think this is a guy that could that could make hay early, uh, kind of make a name for himself. Dallas doesn't really have a whole lot there. And this is a guy who I think is flying under the radar, a guy who I might take a chance on early, especially, like I said, for me, I, I like to wait on tight end. Um, so if you waited on tight end, you don't feel great about your group or you don't feel great about the matchups that your group may have, maybe this is a guy that you pick up and stream for a week or two. So I would definitely think that this is a guy that I would get now. And if he does do something in some poor matchups or some good matchups that he has rather, um, I, I would think that maybe he has some value and maybe you can even move him for something. So, uh, that's, that's the, my, my thought process behind that. And, uh, my second, um, my second guy on this list is Mike Gillisley, and I, I think I've, I've kind of gone into it a little bit with him. I definitely think he has a role right away. Um, you know, it seems more and more that with Mark Ingram being suspended for the first four weeks, they need that goal line back. They need that guy for short yardage. I think Gillisley can be that guy. I think he can thrive in that role. And, you know, having a part of the New Orleans offense and look, their schedule the first couple weeks is pretty nice. I mean, they're at home the first two weeks. They play Tampa Bay and they play Cleveland. Those are those are weeks that I think they can put up some points. And uh, Mike Gillisley might be the benefactor of, you know, getting vulturing a couple of uh, goal line touchdowns there and uh, and really making hay for a team being startable even in, in those leagues. So that's a guy that I'm picking up right away, too, guys. All right. I've got two wide receivers for you who I think are going to be waiver priorities next week. Starts with John Ross um, going into his second year, finally healthy. He was a first-round draft pick. There's definitely some breakout potential, and it could start this week at Indianapolis with a terrible pass defense, and uh, this could turn into a shootout between the Bengals and Colts. And then Philip Dorsett. Still not totally sure what you know who's going to rise to the top of that wide receiver core in uh, New England. We kind of talked about that er- earlier. You know, I mentioned in my vampire team, I took both Cordero Patterson and Philip Dorsett, um, just kind of as speculative ads. I'm going to go with Philip Dorsett though. I think that he just serves a little bit more of a of a you know mid level. Um, he he runs more mid level routes. Um, Cordero Patterson is going to be kind of the 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 flyer, I guess. Um, so Philip Dorsett, I think, is the most likely to get the type of volume that you're looking for. Um, they, to me, so they're at home against the Texans. I don't see, I don't view that as a very tough matchup anymore. I know J.J. Watt 
can get after the quarterback. They get Whitney Merciless back. But I just I don't see a whole lot in that secondary that scares me. I think that Tom Brady's going to be able to throw on this on this Texans team, and we're going to find out for sure who the wide receiver is. But for the moment, I'm going to guess it's Philip Dorsett. But with that, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back in just a couple of days to uh, preview week one and uh, give you some uh, some game-by-game breakdowns. And that's going to be our schedule going forward as well. We're going to do Tuesday mornings and Friday mornings. Uh, we'll do some uh, some waivers early in the week to help you prepare for the week, and then we'll do those previews every Friday morning to help you with your start sit. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and or to the Dynasty League Football Family of Podcast Mega Feed um, so that, first of all, you can make sure that you stay caught up with the Superflex Super Show and uh, you can also get access to all of those great podcasts from DLF as well on that Mega Feed. And in the meantime, keep up with Travis's solo podcast as well, Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show. Subscribe. He's going five days a week. Uh, for the entire regular season so starting this week actually so um, some some extra content there to supplement everything that we're doing Um, so make sure and keep up with that as well but we'll be back in just a couple days until then stay sexy and super flexy bye